You know what I think maybe our biggest problem about remembering to be thankful is? It's the remembering part. We forget how blessed we are. It just gets to be kind of normal. And we don't realize how God has really blessed us. There's one thing I want you to remember this morning. This isn't the topic. I know we're supposed to be in Genesis 14. Forget that. I got it all ready and then decided that we ought to do Thanksgiving instead. So if y'all don't want to do Thanksgiving, come back next week. We'll do Genesis 14. It's an amazing chapter. But look at this verse. Give me one slide there. Isn't that a cool verse? (laughs) That ought to be enough to make us thankful. And that's what I mean. We forget. We forget what the gospel says. We forget that gospel isn't a religious word. Gospel is good news. Good news. And here's the good news. God loves us. God loves you. God loves me. Enough to allow his only son to take our place that we might have eternal life. Now, if we don't forget that, that's good news. And I want us to to just think this morning a little bit about what it means to be thankful. I read about some archaeologists who were uh, digging in a Middle Eastern city, an ancient Middle Eastern city, and they found some pottery fragments that had some writing on them that they found difficult to decipher. They couldn't, uh, it, it wasn't real plain what it said. And uh, when they finally, they called in some experts to study them, and when they finally discovered them, this is from an ancient Middle Eastern city, they decided that those pottery fragments said, alas, alas, things are not what they used to be. Now, does that sound familiar to you? That could have been found in the, in, in the newspaper yesterday. You know, that we, we lament that, that we've lost the way things used to be. It was a gloomy time in history when one of our magazines wrote this. Not in the lifetime of any person who reads this paper has there been so much grave and deep apprehension. Never has the future seemed so dark and incalculable. England and the empire is sorely tried and exhausted in social and economic struggle. The United States is beset with racial, industrial, commercial chaos, drifting we know not where. Russia hangs like a storm cloud on the horizon of Europe, dark, menacing, and foreboding. It's a solemn moment of our troubles. No man can see the end. Does that sound familiar to you at all? That's from an 1847 issue of Harper's Magazine. You know, it seems like the more things change, the more they stay the same. Let me give you one more. There's little doubt that the present generation of college young men and women is in serious moral difficulty. Compared with the generations preceding, they have shunned discipline and a willingness to excel in their studies. 
Common modesty and decency in manners and dress are apparently things of the past. The fact that evil is called good while good is called evil seems to be of small concern to them. It came out of the Greek Empire 500 years before Christ. That's what they were saying. You know, we come to this Thanksgiving season, that's what I say, we forget. It's another season of conflict. And I don't know about you, but I'm sick of the divisions in our country. You know, it's, uh, it, it, it's not that we don't agree on most things. That's not unusual. What's unusual is that we can't even talk about what we don't agree with anymore. We talk about each other instead of to each other. There's no conversation across the division. So I think we could agree with that old pottery. Alas, alas, things are not what they used to be, but they've been saying that for 2,800 years. You know, so, so what do we do as we, as we come right now to this week where we're supposed to focus or we ought to focus on Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving is more than a holiday. Thanksgiving is an attitude. It's a state of being. You know, it's, it's a good holiday. I, I like Thanksgiving. I've always thought Thanksgiving was a, was, was a good holiday. But really, what do we have to be thankful about? That's one thing. Another thing we had to be thankful about is we're not the turkey. You know, that, that, could, be, that could be bad. Well, I don't think we're the turkey. I want us to, to concentrate this morning on Thanksgiving. What is Thanksgiving? The 100th Psalm is a Thanksgiving Psalm. That's a, 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 all people are exhorted to praise God, and David called it a Psalm of Thanksgiving, a Psalm of, of giving thanks. It's a song that the Hebrews sang when they brought their thanks offering to the Lord. You know, they had, a, they had a regular offering that was called the thank offering, where they came and thanked God for the blessings. And this was the song that they sang when they brought that offering. So, Barb, give us the next slide. And I want you to stand, and I want us to read this. There's two slides of it, verses 1 through 3, and then verses 4 and 5. But I want you to, I want you to read it out loud. This is our, our psalm, our words of thanksgiving today. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Wait, 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 let's go back. What's the worst, first word say? Shout. All right, let's shout, okay? Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord Himself is God. It is He who made us, not we ourselves. We are the people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. For the Lord is good, his loving kindness is everlasting, and his faithfulness to all generations. Lord, we give thanks to you today. We thank you in this Thanksgiving season. Help us to re remind ourselves and remind one another that we are blessed if for no other reason than because you love us and gave us life eternal. 
We just bless you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Be seated. Let me just point out a couple of things in those, uh, those verses, if you would. Uh, go back to the slide before there, the first part. Uh, I, I want you to know that thanksgiving isn't just a word. It has a sound. It, it makes a noise. There ought to be a noise of thanksgiving. Verse 1, shout joyfully to the Lord. Make a joyful noise. It, it signifies a glad shout. Like uh, when the king appears and the, and the people give a shout for his appearance. There's, there are things that, that it, just, it just rises up and we thank God. We shout our joy to the Lord. You ever shout for joy? You ever just say, yippee! Do you? <laughs> what causes you to shout for joy? Snow? Good powder. My kids sleep in past 6 a.m. Anything else? What, what makes you shout for joy? I hear a lot of yippies at touchdowns. When the Broncos score, is that what you say? <laughs> Not much shouting these days. Not lately, no. <laughs> you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But we ought not fear shouting our joy at the Lord. Shouting for what he has done and, and given to us. And then it says, all the earth. Shout joyfully, all the earth. The voluntary praise of creation isn't just for Christians. You know, the world will never be what it ought to be until it learns to shout for joy to the Lord. I read about an, Argentine, uh, an American who was visiting in Argentina, and he was asked by the president of Argentina, why has South America gotten on so poorly and North America so well? What do you think the reason for that is? The American visitor replied, and you can agree with him or not, but here's what he said. He says, I think the reason is found in the fact that the Spaniards came to North America, I mean to South America, seeking gold, while the Pilgrim Fathers came to North America seeking God. And that was the difference. You know, but if we stop and and consider ourselves the, the, the state of affairs in, in our culture, in our society today, if we didn't already have Thanksgiving, there's no way we would get a celebration of Thanksgiving past today. Yeah. It, just, it just wouldn't happen because we're not a thankful people. As a whole, we're, 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 not, we're not thankful. Uh, our observant of Thanksgiving tends to be very, very perfunctory. Yet we have a lot more to be thankful for than those early settlers in Massachusetts or Virginia. It just seems like the more we have, the more we want, and the less likely we are to be thankful. So, verse 1, Thanksgiving has a sound. Shout joyfully. To the Lord in thanksgiving. The second thing it says, verse 2 says, that thanksgiving has an action. 
Serve the Lord with gladness and come before him with joyful singing. He is our Lord. He is to be served. He is our gracious Lord. And therefore, we ought to serve him with joy. And you, you know that the, the same word that is translated here, serve, the same word also is translated in the scripture as worship. It could say worship the Lord with gladness because worship and service are the same thing. They're, 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 they're not divided. We think of them as two different things. Uh, the church that I grew up in had a, a, a sign on the door. The, on, on the outside as you were coming in, it said, enter to worship. And as you were leaving, you looked at the same door and it said, depart to serve. And so there were, the, there were these two different things. There was worship and service. But the truth is, they're the same thing. Worship and service are the thing. Serve, worship with gladness. And, and we, we ought to be careful when we talk about our service as sacrifice. Yeah, it is sacrifice sometimes when we serve and the ways that we serve. But we ought to serve the Lord with gladness. It's worth it to serve the Lord. It's strange that, that uh, we, we don't feel... We don't seem to be able to worship and serve and ever get enough. Ever get enough. And then it says singing. Come before him with joyful singing. I was thinking about that, just kind of meditating on, on that verse. You know, there's, there was an old song. Uh, it was written by Isaac Watts. And he says, Come we that love the Lord and let our joys be known. Join in a song of sweet accord and thus surround the throne. Now you know the song, you've, you've sang it. But there's a verse in it that says this. Let those refuse to sing who never knew our Lord. Knowing the Lord and knowing what the Lord has done is, is kind of uh, synonymous with worship, with praise, with singing. Sing to the Lord. And, and uh, just, just remember, there, there, there's no service without worship, and there's no worship without service. They're, they're the same thing. That's verse 2. Verse 3 tells us that thanksgiving has a people. Look what it says. Know that the Lord himself is God. Know that he is God. We know who God is. We can be people of thanks. We know that God made us. He is, it is he who made us and not we ourselves. Some people live as if they made themselves or they, they, they call themselves self-made people. And then they adore their creator. You know, they, we, we need to learn to adore the real creator, the one who made us. Uh, and then some folks think, well, that's not important to believe that God is creator. But the words in the beginning, God created, is the very foundation of everything we believe. It's the foundation of all of it. And then we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. We know that we belong to him. God made you. God loves you. God sent his son to save you. God wants you to come home and be with him. He awaits you as a person who gives thanks to him. We understand 
that there's a relationship between us and the person, the God who made us. Then the next verse tells us that there's a pattern to thanksgiving. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, becoming a thankful people. I think that that's talking about the attitude. We ought to have an attitude of gratitude. There's a a magazine that I that I get uh, every week. It's called The Week, and it's kind of a synopsis of of the news from all the different sources. Uh, and it says, you know, this is what this outlet said, and this is what this outlet said, and and there's a. Uh, there's a column that's in there every week and it says only in America and in there it tell, t- t- tells all these really weird things that happen that, it, that uh, uh, for example in New York City there was a teenage couple that was parked along a street it was cold and they left the motor running and the doors locked and a police officer came along and observed that somehow or another carbon monoxide must be leaking into the, the car because the couple was unconscious. He couldn't get their attention. He knocked on the window and they, and they didn't wake up. And so he broke the window with his, with his club and rescued them. And sure enough, they were being overcome by carbon monoxide. Well, what's the point? A week later, they presented a bill to the police for the cost of the broken window. That's gratitude, isn't it? I read about a man, this is probably a joke, but it's good anyway. I read about a man who walked into the post office and he purchased a card. And then he turned to the man next to him and said, Sir, would you mind addressing this card for me? The guy figured, well, this guy doesn't know how to write. So he said, I'll help him out. And he dressed it for him, and then he handed the car back, and the man said, I hate to bother you again, but would you mind writing a short message on the card for me? And uh, the guy said, okay, and he agreed to the second request, and he wrote out the message that the man dictated to him. He gave the completed card back to the man who looked at it for a minute, and then he said, I know this is in position, but would you mind doing one more thing? At the end of the message, would you apologize for the bad handwriting? Gratitude. Gratitude. We ought to have a heart of thanksgiving. Enter into his heart, enter his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Make it known. Don't be afraid to praise the Lord. Don't be afraid to, to thank the Lord for what he's done. You ever been around anybody that's like that? You know, they just praise God for everything that happens. And I really wish I could be that way. But in my heart, I praise God, but I don't make it known. I don't make it known. I I don't know for what reason. Uh, Why don't we do that? Praise God. Praise the Lord for what he has done. And then it says, give thanks to him and bless his name. We ought to understand our priorities in giving thanks and blessing his name. Matthew Henry was a preacher several generations ago. And uh, one night he was robbed. He was mauled, mugged. And that night he wrote in his diary, 
I am thankful. First, because I've never been robbed before. That's the first time. Second, because although he took my purse, he didn't take my life. Third, because even though he took everything I possessed, it wasn't much. And fourth, I am thankful because it was I who was robbed and not I who robbed. You know, that's how you, you know, there, there's always a blessing, something to look for that's a blessing. And then, un unless we forget, it's the Lord that we want to bless. For the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting. And His faithfulness to all generation. The person to thank is God. Because He is good. For the Lord is good. The Lord God is good. Do you believe God is good? Do you believe God has your best interest at heart? Do you believe that God is good for you? You know, if, if there was just one thing today that I could impress on every one of you, those of us who are old and those of us who are young, there's one thing that I would want you to know, that God has your best interests at heart. He is good. He is good. And He is merciful. His loving kindness is everlasting. You know, the message of the Bible is not to make us feel guilty. It's to replace our guilt. It's to give us promise. The function of redemptive love, both God and man's love, is not to make us feel bad about our past, but to give us a future. That's what the faithfulness to all generations is about. And he is faithful. His faithfulness goes to all generations. I am, I'm reminded of, of uh, Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. He's talking to this church at Corinth. And uh, he, he, com he comes to this place where he starts talking to them about their ministry to him and, and the way that they have blessed him. And he says of this, he says, For the ministry of this service is not only fully supporting the needs of the saints. He's, talking, he's, he's, he's thanking these people for what they've done for him. And it's overflowing through many thanksgivings to God. In other words, you, you have been great to me and I'm, I'm thankful to you, but I'm giving thanksgiving to God for, for what you've done. Then he says, because of the proof given by this ministry, they will glorify God for your obedience to your confession of the gospel of Christ and for the liberality of your contribution to them all and to you all. He's talking about lost, the world, others around. That they, they will be uh, blessed when they hear about the Corinthians and, and the people of the Corinthian church and what they've done. And while they also, by prayer on your behalf, yearn for you because of the surpassing grace of God in you. Now, you know, that's just a real run through of the, those verses and what it says. But, but what really impresses me is the way he ends it. Here's what he says. As he's talked about this church and all they've done for him and all they've done for those around and all of their testimony, here's what he says. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. 
He says, I can't even describe the gift of God and, and what he has given to us. The Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and his faithfulness is to all generations. You know, if we're going to put the thanks, the real thanks into thanksgiving, it begins with knowing the Lord. You know him. You've received him as Lord and Savior. You know, we should be a thankful people. We have so much to be thankful for. We ought to put a song in our service, a joy in our worship, a shout in our words. You can just be thankful if you know God and that his good and his mercy is everlasting and his faithfulness is to all generations. You can be thankful. In John 6, 47, Jesus says this. He says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. The... Um, in the Greek, that's said this way. This, this is the Greek translation of that. It says, Amen, amen. Lego, who men? Amen, amen. I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. So I want to leave you with this thought. As bad as the world gets, it's been there before. As good as God is, we can be sure of his provision. So I want to encourage you as we think about this Thanksgiving, our words ought to be amen, amen, and not alas, alas. Mm -hmm.